Hey there, everybody. Um, Kyle and Jeff here. Before we get started with the podcast today, we just had a uh, quick special shout out we wanted to uh, put on the episode for you. That's right. Our little nephew of ours, Thomas, is kind of he's got a procedure coming up here this week. And, uh, you know, Tim's a, a brother and a family member and he married my sister, obviously, and he's a big part of the family. And we're, we're all rooting for Thomas and we want to send good vibes and well wishes to the family. And uh, yeah, we know everything's going to go great and we can't wait to meet this little guy. Yep, best of luck to uh, Tim and the family, and best of luck to Tom and the boy. We love you. Yeah, we do. We love you guys. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Oh, yeah. Here we go again. It's the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast with the official episode 11. I am Kyle Faulkner here as always with my co-host Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, how are you doing? You know what? I'm doing pretty good, man. We're uh, This is it, buddy. This is the week. You versus me. I've kind of been waiting for this. Holy sh- Man, Antonio Brown just threw a bicycle at me. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, um, no. Dude. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah uh, forget about that. How about our, I want some? I want to talk about our matchup. I'm like I've been jacked about this since we started the podcast, and you know the week we finally match up, and it's finally here. I know you're not super pumped about your lineup and you know the the condition of some of your guys, but uh, I think it's going to be pretty tight and pretty exciting the, right till the end of the Monday nighter. Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, lots of fun. I'm I'm projecting about 600 text messages back and forth between us from kickoff Sunday till uh, the final whistle on Monday. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is, like you said, I've, I've got some injuries that my team's dealing with. So, you know, you're the number one ranked team. And if I, if I happen to lose, it's nice to know that I've got a 100% excuse that the only reason you beat me was injuries, because we all know what would, <laughs> what would happen if you were, uh, facing the full wrath of the main machine. Well, hopefully it's not the last time we face off and, you know, you mentioned injuries we got the short week coming up here. So you got some key guys playing Thursday night. We'll see what happens. Like it's, that's, that's kind of make or break for you, to be honest. Swing for sure. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, those two guys going against Arizona on Thursday night, that could be massive, a huge start to the week. And uh, one or both of those guys missing could be pretty bad. Um, I will say, however, that the last two weeks uh, against uh, going up against Whammer's team and against Craig's team, I believe in both of our preview shows, I said Chris Carson playing is mandatory for me to have a chance to win. And in both games, he did not play. And in both games, uh, what happened? Oh, I won. So Yay. maybe, maybe him being out is my good luck charm. You did, man. After this week, if there's a few upsets and the kind of the standings are shook up here, it's going to be fun like, the last couple of weeks before our playoffs start. Yeah, doing the power rankings on a Monday night was a bad idea because basically after that game, all those rankings just kind of went out the window. But that's okay. Maybe we had fun. Uh, well, not all of them, but anyways, let's uh, you know, let's jump into this week's episode. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously we're going to start with some fantasy news and notes uh, throughout the week, and and what we're looking forward to uh, coming up in week eleven. And uh, it's Joe Flacco time again in New York. The Jets are going to start Joe Flacco. Sam Darnold's not able to go. Uh, so, you know, adjust your lineups as you will. If you're starting New York Jets, it's it's dire already. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Joe Flacco's going to be slaying it. So there you go. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks from, uh, you know, 10 years ago, Andy Dalton has uh, been cleared from <laughs> the, the the concussion protocol and the COVID list. So it sounds like he's back in the lineup. And, you know, I'm not 100% sure if he's starting. It sounds like he is. But, you know, I was pretty impressed with uh, Garnet Gilbert or Garrett Gilbert uh, versus Steelers. And, you know, they had their bye week to get him ready. So I, I don't know. We'll see what happens there in Dallas. But um, it's it's hard to trust any of their skill position players until you really see who's quarterback and, and how they do. Um, Andy Reid and GM Brett Veach both signed extensions through t- 2025. So Kansas City Chiefs are just going to continue to dominate football. And uh, as the Mahomes owner for, for the next four years, at least, I'm glad that uh, Andy Reid's going to be calling plays or in charge. Uh, Miami Dolphins have released running back Jordan Howard. You know, that was kind of a, an offseason signing that, you know, nobody, I didn't, well, me personally, I didn't love it, but, you know, it was an opportunity and he was the kind of a guy, you know, maybe late in drafts, you could sneak for one of those volume picks, but he never really got the volume in Miami and they just cut ties with him. And uh, just quick thing on Miami, man, there, I saw power rankings from uh, 
online, and they had Miami Dolphins ranked fifth overall in the power rankings. So they're no joke anymore. They're getting the recognition too. So well, they're gonna be fun they're, to watch. They're three and zero since Tua took the helm. Their defense looks studly. And they just keep finding these running backs, right? We're going to talk about the new guy, uh, Ahmed, uh, later on in the show. But, um, you know, they had Gaskin early on. And Brian Fitzpatrick got them off to the right kind of start. And they haven't really skipped a beat since they went away from him. So, you know, it's a different division without Tom Brady. The Bills have had a couple of tough losses um, recently. And the Patriots obviously don't look good and even though there's another team we don't really need to mention them by name anymore because we've already done it once this show and that's all we're contractually (laughs) obligated to do so i i believe it you know i don't know about fifth but i could see them for sure you know being top six seven team well for sure and afc i mean the extra playoff spot they're gonna be right there in that mix for that extra wildcard spot and uh a team that's not gonna be in the mix for that wildcard spot is the jacksonville jaguars they're going with jake luton again this week against the steelers uh garner Minshew has resumed throwing but uh i really don't like Anybody? Oh, wait a minute. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if I can do that full thing because that's not ours. But <laughs> uh, breaking news in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I have just acquired Jacksonville Jaguar receiver DJ Chark for. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm getting rid of Mont- uh, Hollywood Brown and J.K. Dobbins. I'm sick of rooting for the Ravens. I'm wow. sick of watching the Ravens. I'm done with them. And I'm hoping Luke and- looting the Chark is a real thing. And, uh, anyways. Chuck is uh, now on my team and moving forward. Yeah, I got a Jag. Wow. So that's uh, that's a big trade. Do you want to break it down for us here before we go on with the news? That's basically it. It's two for one. And, uh, you know, Tim's looking. He's a Ravens fan, and he's building for the future here. And I, him and I both think that Dobbins is the, the running back of the future in, in Baltimore. You know, when Ingram came back, I wasn't thrilled with the usage. Um, even though Dobbins did lead them in snaps, he didn't lead them in touches and it was kind of a bad showing and it just, they didn't look right. So, you know what? I'm glad to be rid of all my Ravens and, uh, I'm not thrilled to be rooting for the Jaguars, <laughs> but you know what? We got a few days left to the deadline, so I might not be finished. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I've been a big, uh, chart guy. I'm still interested to see if he's going to, uh, win you or cost you a sandwich by the end of this season. Um, that's interesting. Tim and I were actually discussing the possibility of some kind of trade for those two guys going through. And uh, I'm with you. I think Dobbins has all the potential in the world. I think he's going to be a guy that they start to lean on going forward. Uh, Hollywood Brown, it's so tough to say. You know, he's he's a talented player. Something's not right in Baltimore. And uh, hopefully he doesn't turn into the next, you know, Sammy Watkins type guy who's got the talent but never never really strings it together but it's pretty early i don't want to say that so no and you know it kind of breaks my heart i was really high on hollywood brown going into the season i know a lot of people had him as a breakout candidate and i was one of them i thought you know lamar was gonna have to throw more and he was gonna be favoring number 15 but it just it hasn't translated to the field and he's just he's too hard to trust he's so hit or miss that you know when we get into the playoffs i i can't have that 1.3 points when i'm going up against the best team so I decided to move on, and I know Chark's not a massive upgrade, but I feel like he's, you know, he's getting the, the steady amount of targets. They're always going to be losing games, and and uh, yeah, hopefully he finds the end zone. Yeah, I remember you were pretty high on uh, Hollywood there, and what did I say to you before the season started? I'm a little fuzzy. Was it something like, I don't think Lamar's going to be as good of a passer, and I don't trust Brown to be a top receiver? Was it something along those lines? that sounds right and you know a lot of people have that it's you know todd's a big guy that's not a lamar fan at all i know we can't keep going on about this but um you know there's people don't believe the mark and lamar can actually do it and he's missing throws that you know nfl quarterbacks should be making so uh yeah i don't know we'll see what happens but again as a steelers fan bye-bye ravens yeah no kidding i don't want to talk about the same more because we got more news to get to but uh well, thanks for thanks for updating us with that trade, and uh, good luck to you. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are optimistic that Alan Lazard will be o- activated off of IR this week. So there's a little boost for Tim's team as well. He made that deal a little while ago to acquire Lazard. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles will not be hosting fans this year. They had planned on uh, introducing some games with limited spectators. But uh, the city has passed a new ordinance, and that won't allow it. So the Philly, Philly, uh, they won't be getting booed at all this year, so that's good for them. <laughs> uh, speaking of Philadelphia and getting booed, Zach Ertz has been designated to return from IR, but uh, nobody cares, so good for them. <laughs> and uh, you alluded to this one already. 
but uh, Antonio Brown, you know, it, it does make me a bit sad, all jokes aside. Uh, there's a new tape out, apparently, that shows Antonio Brown destroying security cameras at his gated community, having an argument with the uh, the guard, the gate attendant there, and ultimately picking up a bicycle and throwing it at a guard. Now, apparently, um, you know, he's kind of buried the hatchet with this guard. He's apologized. Um, yeah, probably literally. Literally buried the hatchet, yeah. No, he said he was having a bit of a tough day. And, you know, I, I know I've been in the situation once or twice where I just had to throw a bicycle at somebody. <laughs> um, but uh, he's he's paid out of his own pocket to replace the destroyed security camera. Um, this is concerning, not in the sense that this is a huge incident, but this is not what Antonio Brown needs right now. This is not what uh, Tampa Bay wants to hear about right now. And the NFL is investigating. So keep an eye on that. But, uh, you know, all jokes aside, we were texting about it earlier. Since that since that perfect uh, hit to the head, it just seems like a wire got crossed. He's just been up to some bizarre things over the last couple of years. So for his own sake, for his own mental health, I hope that things are okay and that, uh, you know, he's just having a, a tough afternoon and had to throw a bike at somebody. Yeah, I agree. It is. It's really it's a really sad story. And, and yeah, hopefully it's just, I don't know, It's it is sad. Speaking of sad man, Drew Brees, the guy that leads the whole NFL, the history of the NFL in touchdown passes, got beat up pretty bad in that game this week and uh, fractured some ribs. Said they collapsed the lung. I mean, that's a legitimate injury here. And uh, it says he's going to be out two to four weeks. Um, not a good situation. You know, we talked about it on Thursday in the power rankings. We kind of alluded to this injury, but that's bad news for Craig's team for sure. And uh, he's replaced him with Kirk Cousins since the news broke, but yeah, that's a big drop. Uh, Smokey Brown, you know, one of your key receivers left Sunday's game again with a tweaked ankle bills are on a bye this week. So hopefully you can get him back in time for uh, week 12, but uh, yeah, he's had a tough go this year. Chris Thompson injured his back. He's put in, put on the IR. Oh, James Robinson, man, that's going to be the one that uh, got away from me all year. Uh, he's obviously going to get all the, the passing work again, uh, or now in Jacksonville moving forward as well. So. Congrats to him and his owners. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, here's another one of your guys. This is kind of a key player for you. He left Sunday's game with a knee injury. It sounds like it's pretty minor. Um, yeah, I think he's limited in practice, but they're they're expecting him to play Sunday. I hope he is. He's fun to watch, and it's been a great story watching him come back this year. So I hope he's out there. Uh, another guy I hope is out there is Matt Stafford. He's got a thumb injury, it sounds like. Um, he said he's got a partial tear in one of the ligaments of his thumb, and they're going to test it out all week and see how he can do it, you know. Stafford's got a reputation to be in one of the toughest guys in the league, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I hope he's out there for sure. Cause he's a big part of my team and another quarterback who got banged up. It sounds like it, it looked worse than it was, but uh, Nick Foles right at the end of that game last night, got carted off and it, you know, it looked weird. Didn't look terrible, but he was laid down for a long time, but uh, it doesn't sound like as, as, as severe as expected. And uh, we'll see if it's Tyler Bray or if Trubisky's back there or another team that's on a bye this week. So they've got some time, but um yeah, keep an eye out for the Bears quarterback situation. Yeah, it's not clear what's happening with Trubisky right now. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but a few weeks ago when he, he came in for one play and injured his throwing shoulder on that one play, and uh, he hasn't really – I don't think he's really been back at practice since then. So it could be Tyler Bray. Uh, there's a chance there was no fracture or anything like that with Foles. So there's a chance, I guess, that they could uh, you know throw some duct tape on the on the hip and he could hobble out there. Uh, I feel bad for whoever's playing behind that O-line. They they were in trouble last night, looking good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Keep an eye on those situations. Uh, another quarterback, Drew Locke uh, with the Broncos. He's got a muscle strain around his ribs and around his abdomen, so obviously quite painful, tough to breathe, tough to throw, tough to move, uh, tough to get hit 25 times a game. So he's considered questionable. Uh, keep an eye on that situation. Um, if you have one of the receivers for Denver or uh, Grant, I guess, if you're really hoping that Locke's going to do something for you. Um, a few guys that are coming off of injury or potentially coming off of injury. Uh, Austin Eckler, I don't know if you saw the uh, the tweet that he put out, the video that he put out where he's running. Did you... He is running. Yeah, he's running in a straight line with no pads and no one touching him. So he says the time is is near. Uh, he hasn't returned to practice. According to a team official, he hasn't uh, really started on any cutting drills or anything like that. 
Um, they haven't said anything about bringing him back from IR. When they do, uh, they've got that 21-day window for him to start practicing. So keep an eye on it. Um, if he comes back from IR, that doesn't mean he'll be back the following game. But uh, it sounds like he's getting closer, which is good because Justin Jackson's out on IR right now. Christian McCaffrey, not looking good. Not looking like he's going to play this week. Uh, they haven't said anything going forward. I think this is just kind of a wait and see, but this is devastating if you're a CMC owner to to have him gone for multiple weeks again. Um, Calvin Ridley, who's, uh, you know, a nice up-and-coming receiver the last couple of years, he had his bye this past week. He's not 100% coming off. Um, it'll be important to keep an eye on his, uh, his practice status this week. Uh, so check out tomorrow if he's able to practice on Thursday, but that'll give you an idea. And same for your boy there, Kenny Galladay. Um, keep an eye on those practice reports. Check the fantasy news. Please, Kenny, please. A <laughs> um, couple of running backs from the Seahawks. My boy, Chris Carson, he sounded likely to play. Like this past Sunday, they said, well, we're going to rest him, but he should be good to go for Thursday. But then now, uh, now today he was considered a did not participate in the virtual practice section. So it's pretty, pretty murky, but it sounds like Carlos Hyde will be back. They've got Alex Collins in there. They've got uh, some options, but obviously if Carson's back, I would expect him to handle about 80% of the, uh, the workload. And last, but certainly not least, Joe Mixon. This is a puzzler because when he got hurt, when he injured his foot, same week as Miles Sanders, and both of them had their bye coming up on the same week. Both of them got rested, and it was presumed that coming out of the bye, both of them would be back to normal. Sanders came out full, ready, 100%, looked good. Mixon didn't practice once and uh, was ruled out, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we get to the matchups. But this is something to keep an eye on. I know uh, Dr. Tim Batnagar, our medical expert, he, he keeps bringing up that he feels like this is a sneaky, nagging injury. Um, that's based on absolutely no fact, but, uh, he thinks that Mixon's going to go out <laughs> for the rest of the year and Gio's going to be the guy. So maybe before the trade deadline, try, time to send Tim a trade offer before the deadline here, folks. Yeah, he's going to be busy. Uh, and you know what? It was a crazy fun week in football week 10 and we've got our fantasy podium. The fantasy podium. Uh, yeah, exactly. We got to come up with something for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's start with our quarterbacks. It was, you know, amazing to see big Ben put on a show. A lot of people were, weren't sure if he was hundred percent back from his injury and they're saying, you know, is his arm hurt? And there's even a play in this game where he kind of landed awkwardly on his throwing arm and he was grabbing his elbow. It didn't look great, but he came back in the game. He, he put on a show and he ended up with 333 yards and four touchdowns and 37 fantasy points for our number one quarterback. Tom Brady also put on a show. He was playing angry after that uh, embarrassing loss to the Saints the week before. He had 36 points. And Josh Allen, who is uh, currently leading the NFL in passing yards, he had 31 points in that tough loss to the Cardinals this week. Uh, uh, the running back, sorry. No, that's okay. Sorry. Well. I want to talk about this guy anyways because he's one of my favorite to watch ever. Uh, Alvin Kamara, man, 31 points. He, uh, he did it with Drew Brees. He did it when Drew Brees was out of the game. This guy, it doesn't matter. He, didn't do it on the ground so much. Seven catches for 83 yards. Like, he's on pace for some silly receiving numbers. Uh, your boy, Josh Jacobs, put up 28 points. He had a great game there, and uh, including four catches uh, for 24 yards, which, you know, was a kind of a talking point for a lot of people. And Josh Jacobs, would he get the receptions? And then Naheem Hines, who's, you know, he's showing up on this list more than anybody thought. He had another 25 points this week and was the third best running back. Yeah, that's a scary thing, especially if you're uh, if you're the Taylor owner. Um, it's tough to predict. It's tough to throw him out there as more more than just a flyer. But when Hines has a hot game, he has a he has a real good matchup. So it's interesting to see um, our wide receivers. We had four wide receivers that were all around the very top at twenty three points. Uh, MVS with Green Bay, he had only four receptions, but one hundred and forty nine yards and a touchdown. Keelan Cole, who did it on my bench, he was only 5 for 47 through the air with a touchdown, but he had 113 return yards, including a 91-yard punt return touchdown. Cole Beasley, as soon as John Brown went out, he was just getting peppered with targets. He had 11 for 109 and 1. And DeAndre Hopkins, if anybody out there hasn't seen the last second Hail Mary that the Cardinals threw you got to go and watch it. This is the play of the year. He finished with seven for 127 and one uh, with eight seconds left in that game. He would have been what? Six for 70 and nothing. 
So yeah, pretty exactly. impressive. Oh, it it was amazing. Yeah, you know what was not amazing this week though, Jeff, is the tight ends. My lord. We yeah. we talked about last week, I teased you a bit that we wouldn't see Kelsey, and I, I honestly think even on by Kelsey might have outscored some of these guys if we uh if we kept stats on bye weeks. Uh it was bad. It was just there's no standouts. It's just guys who, you know, had a couple catches and a touchdown, which is basically what you're hoping for for anybody off the waiver wires. Uh Gronk, you know, nice to see his name. Uh, two catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Henry, four catches for 30 and a touchdown. Cameron Brait, same team as Gronk, three for 31 and a touchdown. Nothing special. You know, they didn't, they didn't win you a week, but they, they gave you a little production. So yippee whippy. Um, but our, but our IDPs, you know, people complain about, about, uh, defensive players. Oh, it's so random. You can't tell me that that's, that IDP is more random than tight end other than the top one or two guys. Well, not this year. It's been bananas. I mean, yeah, Kelsey's the man. Andrews is, yeah. I mean, Waller, he's better, but it's yeah. Uh, Andrews at least. It's a bad I think scene. he had seven catches this week, so he was actually. Uh, I think he was actually fourth on the on the tight end list, but not great. Um, but our IDPs, we had uh, Leonard Floyd, linebacker for the Rams. He had three sacks in his game. Uh, big win for the Rams. Twenty four points for Floyd. <laughs> Jamal Adams getting it done in Seattle. He had two sacks and 21 and a half points. And there was a tie for third. Uh, Jamie Collins Sr. with the Lions. And my man, Roquan Smith, getting it done on Monday night. Sticking it to Craig's team. 19 points. Thank you very much. Oh, he was everywhere last night. You're watching that game, man. He was like, his nose was in every tag. Every single tackle you saw, 58, who's the last guy to stand up. Like, he was he was in the mix all night long. It's fun to watch. I've had two matchups this year that came down to a Monday night where I had Roquan Smith playing. And in both of them, I heard his name about 60 times. So, I and I won both of them, too. So, that's pretty good. We have a uh, we got a so yeah so go ahead I just noticed we got a surprise here this is sweet let's check this out we got a you know some we we challenge people and we ask you guys all the time to send us voicemails and uh, our voice notes and we got one that just came in late this evening so let's uh, let's check that out. Great God, it's your old buddy Duck Brown here, and boys, I'm just getting back from the future. And Kyle, I traveled to next week, and great. It does not look good for you, my friend. I looked at your matchup, and you got destroyed in more ways than one, and he breaks you. And I just wanted to give you a heads up, because you are shook for the rest of the season. And I know you're coming off some hollow wins over the Whammer and the Geister the past couple weeks, but don't get fooled, Kyle. You are not in Jeff's League, and you are going to find that out the hard way this weekend. Jigga what? Jigga what? Well, wow! Apparently, uh, our show yeah, is so apparently our show is uh, reaching farther than we thought because uh, we've got mm-hmm. listeners back in back in 1756, uh, Old West Texas. <laughs> the, the Doc Brown, the Doc Brown, the Doc Emmett Brown. Uh, I I don't put much stock into what he says. Uh, you know, he's a bit of a kook. He's uh, a bit of a crazy old uh, crazy old man who likes to befriend young boys. So. That's the kind of support that your team wants, you know, <laughs> go for it, I guess. But uh, to be honest, he sounded like he was a little bit under duress. It's possible that the Libyans were holding guns to his head and forcing him to say these these awful things. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't appreciate it. And, Doc, if, if you're in trouble, you know, let us know. Well, yeah, and thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in, Doc. Anytime you want to reach out, that's amazing. And if that DeLorean's hanging around, I wouldn't mind going for a ride. Yeah, just quick spin around the spin around the decade. That'd be fun. Maybe to before, maybe to before I recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, well, we don't have any more voicemails, but uh, we do have an email, listeners, and we say it every week. Jeff uh, mentions, and we put it in the show show description that uh, you can reach us at fantasyfalconfootball@gmail.com. And uh, one of our loyal listeners reached out this week and, uh, you know, his words were just so, so kind and so great. We thought we'd give him a little bit of airtime here. So this is from uh, this is from our old pal, Steve Henniger in the Sorry for Partying League says, hello, Kyle and Jeff. Henning here again. Oh, sorry, Henniger. God. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. There you go. I was going to get yeah. the DeLorean and go back. <laughs> Apologies to uh, Steve. <laughs> Woof. Steve Henning here again with a much nicer message than last time. 
where I tried to insult Kyle only to have him put me in my place. When am I going to learn not to antagonize those in power? That's okay, Steve. We forgive you. So I have a few questions. I heard the comment in one of the recent episodes about a trade Kyle made that someone in your league took exception with. Kyle and I have made quite a few trades over the last few years, and usually they're trades that are mutually beneficial to both parties and very fair. I'm just wondering what your opinions, what in your opinions would classify as an underhanded trade. Second, as Steelers fans, I'd like your opinion on what is going on with James Conner from a fantasy standpoint, because the last few years have been very, ugh. Third, I'm in two leagues this year. One of the leagues is nonstop banter, wit, and trash talk. The other is absolute radio silence. How much do you guys feel friendly conversation adds to or subtracts from fantasy football? Thanks, guys. As always, keep up the good work. P.S. I love how you guys paint Matt from Mike's mustache. You depict him as a villain, and that's exactly how I imagine him. I picture him tying some damsel to a railroad track while stroking his Zorro-style mustache. I cheer for him to lose every week. Falk <laughs> that guy. Oh, I love it. I like it. So we're doing a good job painting accurate pictures. Yeah, obviously. That's, we're you know we're really uh, giving the public the truth. So a thousand apologies again, Steve. I you know slip of the tongue to uh, put that old snake Henniger's last name on on the back of your fine name. Um, so we've got a few questions to uh, to talk about here. So number one. What do you think? What would you look at and say that's an underhanded trade or that's a bit of a greasy trade? What would you look at? Well, I mean, it's tough, right? It's I I don't like vetoing anything. I don't like I mean, everybody's you know able to run their team as they see fit, but I don't like trades where you know, I've heard of trades where there's a part of the deal is after the season where I'll you know, I'll flip this guy to you for a something else but it's part of this deal but i you know i'm a hold on them or like i'll trade them back to you after the season you know i just use them for the stretch run while i'm in the mix so you know if there's something like that where it's not just you know trades a trade or um yeah i mean other than that i really it's it's so tough to say you want to be able to trust everybody right absolutely and i'm a big fan like you said of just letting people manage their own team um for me one of the only things is if a trade involves something outside of the league a favor money uh, you know, whatever it might be, something that doesn't involve the fantasy football league, then that's not a trade that should be made uh, within it. I have seen a couple, um, and I've had a couple offered to me in the past that, uh, you know, a guy gets injured and and maybe he, you hear about the news ahead of time and you send out a couple offers with a big-name player trying to get somebody to bite, and really what you're trying to do is stick them with a... Uh, you know, with an injured commodity in the NFL, that could never happen because all players have to undergo a physical to make sure that they're fit to play before a trade could be processed. But, uh, you know, commissioners, if something like that happens, that might be the only other time that I would, uh, that I would say, you know, go ahead and, and reverse the trade. If somebody's, you know, just straight up misleading or, or tricking somebody else. Um, or maybe accepting yeah. a trade that's been sitting on the docket and one of the, your guy gets hurt and all of a sudden you click accept to, to swap them. That's no, that's no good. That's no fun for anybody. Um, is there a time, sorry, is, I want, is there a time period though? Like what if that, the guy gets hurt for, and the trade sits there for six days? You're like, come on, man. Like what are we doing here? Well, and that's the responsibility of, uh, that's the responsibility of the owner. I know myself personally, when I send out trade offers and it comes to, kickoff whether it be thursday night if my guy that i have in the offer is playing or maybe the guy that i want or sunday i cancel a trade offer because of that exact situation i don't want somebody to get hurt and all of a sudden the other guy hits accept i want to be in charge of hitting accept if if anybody's going to pull a greasy trade i want to be me Um, yeah and if you're ever not (laughs) sure just like actually ask like say you know what this feels i'm not sure if this is legit let's just find out you know what i mean don't try to find out after and oh know whatever yeah anyways let's move no on. for sure um all right number two what the fuck is going on with james connor this one hurts and as much as it's as much as it's amazing to see the steelers and what they're doing this season i'm feeling pretty a little bit of concern about the running game it's not looking good no well you know what a big a big part of it this year is yeah sure we're nine and oh but the o-line isn't what it's been in the last three four or five years like it's we had a top five, top three, even O-line for a few years there. And it just guys haven't been healthy and it just hasn't been what it, we're used to seeing. 
Uh, but I mean, even watching the game there on Sunday, James Conner makes some you know weird decisions. It seems like he's trying too hard to break the big run instead of just getting the six, seven yard chunks. And uh, sometimes it costs them, you know, negative runs. And then, yeah, they take them right out of the game script. But uh, I mean, it's hard to complain as far as Steelers fan. But if you're his owner, yeah, it's hard to trust. And so, you know, the touchdown should be there. The volume should be there. But he's just. Even he's not even catching the ball much, so it's 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 weird. Yeah, this is the danger. They've added to their receiving game. They've got three wide receivers that basically should all be started every single week. Uh, they've got Eric Ebron, who's had his name in the conversation for a few weeks of tight ends that should be started. They've got other guys taking touches and receptions out of the backfield. And I don't know what, if Connor's trying to run the way that Lev Bell used to run with those zone, those zone read plays, but he's he's getting dangerously close to butt fumble territory with the number of times he runs into his own linemen. I don't know I don't know if you've uh, held your breath on any of those, but the last thing that I want tarnishing the season the Steelers is having is a meme going around for the next 20 years of our running back just smashing into our own player, dropping the ball, and, and looking quite the fool. So, yeah. you know, it's tough because you drafted him to be your probably your bell cow, your number one or number two running back, but... If I was James Conner owner, you know, hopefully I made a move earlier in the season. But if not, if your deadline's approaching, I think you've got to maybe pull out some stops and at least get a usable running back that you can sub in. All right. And uh, number three, this one I'm actually interested because this pertains to our league. How does friendly conversation add to or subtract from fantasy football? So Steve talked about he's in two leagues. One, the league that I'm in with him, it's nonstop. We've got a group chat going. And just about every day, there's a little bit of back and forth on Sundays and Monday nights. It is relentless uh, with updates and injury updates and people sending video clips and this and that. And uh, the other league that he's in, there's nothing. They, they don't talk. There are trade offers and that's about it. And uh, to be honest, Jeff, that almost sounds a little bit more like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I know uh, you keep rubbing my face in that you're in a group chat with some of the, uh, you know, the popular kids in our <laughs> league. And uh, exactly hopefully doing. in five or ten years, I'll, I'll uh, warrant an invite. But to be honest, I, I really think our league would benefit from, from having a, a group chat, whether it's on iMessage or, uh, or WhatsApp or Facebook chat or something something to connect the league and get everybody involved. You know, I I've had conversations with guys offering trades and they say, Oh, what team are you? You know, like it's week we're going into week 11 here. And I run a fantasy football podcast every week with you where I talk about my team nonstop. So that, that shows to me that we're missing a piece somewhere. We don't have that, uh, that cohesion that kind of holds the league together. Yeah, and I, I a thousand percent agree. I would love a WhatsApp conversation with everybody in the league just running their mouths, and it it makes it, it just adds fun. You know what I mean? Like it's all in good fun as long as it doesn't get out of hand. And I think it, you know, it, it can get out of hand, and when it does, it really sucks the fun out of a season. And and uh, obviously, you don't want to go that far. But I think, yeah, I I think it adds to it, and it makes it a you know such a much such a better experience. Um, and I'm totally down. We, I know we tried it on Facebook and then uh, not everybody had Facebook. And then we tried a, you know, a group messenger. Not everybody had an iPhone or whatever the case may be with the phones. Um, but, you know, if everybody was down with WhatsApp, it's super easy to download. And let's, you know, get this group chat going. And then, you know, we can, it would be a lot easier as a commissioner too. Then I can make sure I know everybody sees messages. Because right now it's a nightmare. Some guys only get the emails and I got to chase them through tech. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm down. Yeah, well, maybe that's something we should look into as we come into the final few weeks of the regular season and into playoffs because, uh, you know, especially these next couple of days with trades, if you've got a player you want to put up there, folks, uh, a group chat is the way to do it. Just float it out there. Hey, everybody, I'm thinking of moving on from so-and-so. And, uh, you know, just sit back and let the offers come rolling in. Anyways, uh, thanks for the email, Steve. Uh, you know, I can't apologize enough for, for uh, putting the foul taste of, of Henniger into your mouth, but uh, we appreciate the support, Ooh. buddy. Sorry, Henniger. I, I love you, kind of. Uh, we appreciate the support, and uh, please don't be a stranger. Call or, call or write anytime you want. Well, Jeff, what do you say we get to some serious business? We've got our matchup recap. All right, let's jump into these matchups, man. It was another exciting week in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and uh, 
you know, we, you, we talked about your matchup already a little bit here on the podcast, but you got to be pumped after your big win over Craig's team, who's one of the favorites uh, oh. coming into the season and one of the hottest teams in the league in the last couple of weeks. I'm feeling good. You know what? Things, things weren't looking hot at the outset, but we hung in there. We took care of business. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, you sure did. And I mean, a big part of it was Craig missing his projection by 50 points, man. He's projected at 191. He ended up with a 141. You uh, you were right around your projection at 172 versus 175. Uh, you had some nice days from Teddy Bridgewater, uh, some decent days from John Brown and uh, Tyler Lockett. But Josh Jacobs was, you know, the horse you 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 kind of built around. Uh, he had a nice day with 27 points. And Danny Dimes, you know, had a nice 20-point day. And we talked about Roquan. So, uh, that was those, those were kind of the big guys for you. You didn't have any really terrible duds other than, you know, the best player on the defensive side of the football in the National Football League, uh, Aaron Donald, who put up a zero. But, I mean, what can you do in there? Yeah, that's the risk with him, and I knew that going into the season. It's worth it to get him for when he goes off for 25 or 30 points. But uh, him playing inside so much on the line, teams literally gear everything their offensive line is doing around keeping him away from the quarterback and away from the play. And, you know, that's the unfortunate thing when you're a guy that's so talented. It's great for your team because they game plan around you. They run the other way. Uh, they're quick releases. But uh, as far as fantasy production, that can happen sometimes. But, yeah, everybody else did their job. And uh, we got the W. Well, and another defensive player in that game was um, Jalen Ramsey. And he shut down DK Metcalf, which is exactly what you needed. Uh, Craig's team, he had uh, 3.8 points. Uh, Drew Brees, we talked about getting banged up. He left the game after only throwing one touchdown and had less than nine points. And if you look at Craig's team, other than DeAndre Hopkins and um, Chase Edmonds, basically everybody else, sorry, and Jamal Adams, everybody else missed their projection. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty dis- disappointing week for for Craig's team. Uh, he had some dud weeks from his defenders. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Craig's, you know, he's 5-5 five and five right now. He's uh, His face is whammer. And then myself, I mean, there were two of the top three – four or five teams in the league and i'm not you know trying to toot my own horn or whammers but like he's got some tough sledding here and it would be wouldn't be craziest thing in the world if he you know lost both and missed out on the playoffs and that would be shocking yeah that's not uh that's not what he's hoping for i'm sure um he's had some tough losses and craig's team you know at the start of the season we talked about him as a bit of an underperformer uh missing projections then all of a sudden everybody was hot and he's putting up back-to-back weeks as the top scorer but uh this is the danger. And, uh, you know, going into the week on Thursday, I mentioned we have we had multiple receivers on the same team, guys vying for the same targets. Um, I was kind of hoping things would play out like that for Seattle, where Ramsey just shut Metcalf down, and it did. Um, neither one of our uh, Texans guys were too good. That weather was so bad in that game. But, uh, yeah, I honestly, before that Hopkins Hail Mary catch, I was I was building up and building up, and I was projected to win the game by, like, 20 points. And uh, then that play happened, and all of a sudden we were right back to even again. And it's funny because I have Hopkins in my other two leagues, so obviously I was pretty pumped overall, but kind of torn because I was worried that it was going to end up costing me. But, uh Fortunately, things went the way I was hoping for. I texted you on Monday and said, you know what? Cook's going to get shut down tonight, and Roquan's going to be all over the place, and that's exactly what happened. So good job, well, B-Machine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and to be fair to Craig, he was missing his Falcons, which is pretty huge. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley have been scoring touchdowns all year. Uh, but, yeah, going into Monday night, you had a lead, but you only had Roquan Smith going, and he had Dalvin Cook, who's been going bananas, Jimmy Graham, and a defender, and Roquan outscored all three of them combined. So that's, yeah, that's tough sledding for Craig. Yeah, well, you know what? We're uh, it's a good win, but you know what they say: we're on to the next one. We're looking at week eleven and the the chowder head that I have to play there. Uh, anyways, <laughs> moving on. This next one, this was a shock. Oh. We had the number two team in the league, Judge Judy, taking on Chiefs Kingdom. We talk all season long about Chiefs Kingdom not getting wins where they need, not getting wins. Well, guess what? They got a win. The projection going into this game for Kevin was that he was going to win 180 to 147, and it ended up Chad's team won 132 to 130. This was unreal to watch. Um, for Judge Judy, you know what? He got a great game out of his uh, his Green Bay connection, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. A uh, couple letdowns, Mike Davis, you know, he, he was so hot when McCaffrey went out the first time, and then he kind of trailed off. Uh, he had a tough matchup, but he didn't really look great in this one. 
AJ Brown, that was uh that was disappointing for AJ Brown owners. I know he's been such a reliable receiver. Um and for Chiefs Kingdom, he finally got a, you know, a good performance. I I wrote great, but I'm going to amend that to good out of uh, Lamar and Kyler. Uh, both of them put up yards on the ground. Both of them were throwing the ball uh, pretty well. Sorry, sorry, Chad, for Curtis Samuel. Um, he didn't really uh, come through the way I promised you on my Rudy of the Week. But uh, what's most impressive is that Chad won this game, and he had zero points from Calais Campbell, who was out hurt. He had zero points from Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, who was on by. He had zero points from Jared Cook. He had zero points from Miles Boykin. The thing that really saved him was he threw Rex Burkhead in there as kind of a uh, hope and a prayer. And uh, let's just say his prayers were answered to the tune of 20 points. But, uh, Jeff, I've got, I've got something I want to talk to you about on this. We mentioned this earlier in the season. Craig accidentally played Aaron Jones on a week that it was known ahead of time that he was going to be out. And it ended up not affecting Craig's team. He won by uh, quite a healthy margin. But the only reason that Judge Judy lost this game by two points is that he put Joe Mixon into his starting lineup. Joe Mixon, who didn't practice all week, who was highly questionable and who was ruled out Saturday morning. We talked about this. We talked about it on Thursday to keep an eye on it. And uh, what do you think here, man? Like, this is Kevin's got a team that wants to be number one in the league, and it looks like he kind of said it and forget it on Thursday. Yeah, you know what? It's baffling. And I'm, I looked at it after Sunday, and like, like I talked about it at the power rankings. Kevin's a pretty savvy owner, and he's pretty on top of this. He, he follows it. So I was looking, and I was like, maybe he's trying to set himself up for a better playoff matchup, and he wants to lose the move in the middle of the pack. But like, yeah, it was baffling. And yeah, like you said, it ended up being the difference in this kind of just a fugly matchup but chad gets a huge win and like as it stands right now i'll be facing chad in the first week and it's you know the writing's on the wall lamar and kyler go off and you know james robinson is gonna have like a 406 touchdown day so yeah i hate that chad won i mean congrats whatever but it's uh this one was a shock for sure yeah well congrats to chad's team and uh you know kevin mistakes happen don't let it happen again Unless it's in the playoffs versus me. Unless it's in the playoffs versus me, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our next matchup, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. It was me versus Christian, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful or anything. Hey, who won? won Uh, I won. I I doubled them up there, 165 to uh, 285. Uh, Christian had some nice performances from 2005 All all Pros, Phil Rivers and Alex Smith. Um, But other than that, it was just an ugly matchup. Um, I didn't really love a lot of the scores I got. You know, the two guys I traded, we mentioned earlier in the podcast here, Hollywood and, and J.K. Dobbins, had, you know, just terrible games. I know the, the weather didn't cooperate, but, you know, they were in my starting lineup this week. It was ugly there. And then I started Nelson Aguilar, another guy who didn't put up, uh, you know, he had one catch for eight yards, so that's not going to cut it. Uh, but, I, you know, I had Antonio Gibson go, who, you know, is something I'm really excited about. He's a young running back. I was excited to draft who didn't have a lot of footage and film from college as he didn't get a lot of touches there, but he's an exciting player. And it seems like riverboats starting to open it up a little bit. I know JD McKissick still a problem and he's getting a lot of catches and, and because of his pass protection, but I like what I'm seeing from Gibson. And uh, I was really happy to see what Matt Stafford did because uh, you know, a lot of the experts had him as their sit of the week this week. And he uh, put up 28 points and three touchdowns with 276 passing yards. So uh, yeah, I was happy to get the win. I'm now 9-1, and one, and I'm moving on to some tough matchups here with you, Craig, and uh, Whammer down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, good for you. Only a real loser would end up losing to Christian Stevens. I, was <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> All right, up next, uh, you know, speaking of real losers. No, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> uh, we have uh, two two guys who one one is in a bit of an active rebuild and one's in a bit of a total rebuild. Uh, we had the young guns take on sit Wentz, play hurts. This was another really close, uh, matchup between Todd and Grant, but, uh, TJ ended up pulling her out of the fire. 143 to 139. The initial projection, these guys were only two points apart and instead they ended up four points apart. So, uh, it was pretty tight. Came down to Monday night. Uh, Todd just needed a whole bunch of points from Justin Jefferson, Dan Bailey, and the Chicago D. And all three of them came through, and he squeaked this one out. Um, Looking at Todd's side of the ball, he had a zero from Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I know a lot of teams uh, put Alshon in, hoping that he was going to get some targets. 
He also had a zero from something called a Marcus Johnson, who apparently plays for <laughs> Indy. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that football term, but uh, apparently that's an eligible player to go into your lineup, and you know he's worth zero points. Uh, he had one point from Mooney in the Chicago game, but uh, fortunately for his team, Justin Herbert, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, they all went off. They all brought it home, and a big, a big surprise for him was Boston Scott who only had three carries but turned one of them into a 56-yard touchdown. I'm mm-hmm. sure as the Miles Sanders owner, you were happy to see that yeah, one Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Oh, man. I have Sanders in another league, and I uh, I had that game on mute, and I saw him running, and I'm like, oh, yeah! And then I saw the number on the back of his jersey, <laughs> no, and I'm like, no. what, is, what is he doing with the ball? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, not much happening on Grant's side of the ball, but uh, the one real bright spot that he's got uh, to look forward to is DeAndre Swift. He looks like the real deal. And, uh, you know, those of you who are at home listening and, and maybe Grant's team is your favorite to root for, uh, you're a bit like Lions fans. The squad is garbage right now, but with Swift there, the future looks bright. Well, but I, oh, sorry. Go no, it's funny because after the game, I texted Grant and I said, get ready for about five straight days of Swift offers because, yeah, he does. He looks the part and he looks like a three down back. Yeah, he does. I have my doubts. Uh, actually, earlier this year, I was in uh, in talks to potentially acquire Swift, and I just didn't like it. The three-headed monster in Detroit, plus the fact that it's uh, Detroit, and right. since Sanders, they haven't really had a strong running game. Like, it kind of scared me off. But uh, I'm definitely having some uh, regrets. I I wish that I could say Swift was part of my team right now. But I do have a little question for you. What is what the fuck is going on with Jonathan Taylor? In the last three weeks, this guy hasn't hit 30 yards. He's only got one TD. His carries over the last six games have gone from 17 to 12, 12, 11, 6, and 7. And in that time, we've seen Wilkins and Hines both have huge games. What is going on with Taylor, Jeff? I just I don't think he's healthy. I think that uh, that ankle injury they talked about must have been a high ankle sprain or something pretty bad. And he's trying to play through it because for whatever reason. But you know they that was they played Thursday night, I believe it was last week. So they've had the extra couple of days here. If if he doesn't play this Sunday and kind of you know take over that role, then it's the rest of this season is going to be it's going to be hard to trust him for sure. It already is. So uh, yeah, I mean. Todd drafted him and it was, he was talking about him being the most untouchable player and how he's going to, you know, the next AP. And I know the talent's there. You saw it in the college film, but it just hasn't translated to the show. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they use the running backs because Hines looks amazing. He's catching the ball. He's, I mean, he's tiny, but he's just looks great. Well, that's the thing. And Hines and Wilkins, I remember when both of those guys were, uh, young guys kind of coming in together. And uh, don't forget, too, on IR since week one is Marlon Mack. Like, they've got a real mess on their hands in the offseason, depending on what Taylor can show them for the rest of the year. Because they've got Mack, who's shown he can carry the load, and he came into the season really as the number one. They've got Hines and Wilkins, who are both going off. they got Taylor, who, no matter the opportunities, can't seem to have that big blow-up game. They've got some choices to make in Indy. Well, it's funny you mentioned the guy. I lost his name already, and I left the matchup. But Todd, I'm not sure what Todd's plan is. He's like, I think he's in ninth place right now, and I don't know if he wants to get into the playoffs or if he's happy to be in the play down and and play for that first overall pick. So it'll be interesting to see how his lineup is set. I know he'll have a full lineup, and he'll do everything he has to do. But the guys that are in there are going to be, you know, they're going to be the first time we hear their names. We shall see. Uh, let's jump into our next matchup here. It is uh, it was a matchup between uh, the ever changing Steve Stainless Steve team, which is now called the Hunting Jaguars, as the Steelers are now playing uh, Jacksonville this week, and it's nine and zero, baby, nine and zero. Yeah, I don't know. We took his list long to mention that, and uh, he went up against Tim and beat him pretty handily. He beat him by fifty points, uh, one eighty to one thirty two. Uh, you know, Tim's team, it's Russ Wilson is the, the when CMC's out, Russ Wilson is basically the whole show. If he doesn't put up a massive day, it's going to be tough for Tim. Uh, I will say that Tim Magic did work out on his running backs. He's got uh, Wayne Gallman and Brown in uh, with the Rams. They both put up 18 points, Malcolm Brown. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anytime he puts them in the starting lineup, they seem to fall into the end zone one or two times. So good for Tim for finding those guys. And Tua, like you mentioned earlier, he's got three straight wins and, uh, and he almost had 20 fantasy points. So, um, you know, he's starting to put up fantasy statistics as well. He's going to be – the Dolphins are going to be a fun team to watch. But, 
looking at Steve's side of the ball, man, he had, you know, as a Steelers fan, a Steelers guy, he's got Juju, he's got Ben, he's got the Steelers D, he's got Casey Hayward, he's got Minka Fitzpatrick. Like he was, he had a fun day on Sunday watching the Steelers beat the crap out of uh, the Bengals. Um, 37 points for Ben, 18 points for Juju. He had Ronald Jones with a massive day, including a 98 yard touchdown. Uh, I don't know if he just, you know, took a stranglehold on that running back position or running back role in Tampa Bay, but he had a great day. And basically every one of Steve's studs did what they needed to do. Thielen had two touchdowns. Gronk had a score. Marvin Jones had a big day with Galladay out. Um, other than Derek Carr, every, he's got to be happy with everybody in his lineup and then happy to get that win and be right back into the playoff mix at four and six. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw much of the Tampa Bay game, but uh, a really interesting thing happened with Ronald Jones. He's had fumble problems in the past, and basically over the last couple seasons, when it's happened, when he's fumbled the football, you know, Arians takes his helmet away and tells him go sit on the bench, and that's it. Uh, when I played against, uh, I don't even remember who it was now, but whoever has Leonard Fournette, that's what happened really early in the game. Jones fumbled, Fournette came in and went off. In this game, Ronald Jones fumbled on the second play of the game and lost the ball. And the next series, they went right back to Jones. They didn't put him on the bench. They didn't give the ball to Fournette right away. And uh, like you mentioned, he went off for almost 200 yards. So I don't know if that signifies that, you know, they have total confidence in him now. But it was just interesting. Bruce kind of broke his uh, protocol and gave him a second chance, and it really paid off. So if you're the Fournette owner, you're not feeling too happy because he's probably a flex at best at this point. And if you're the Rojo owner, you know, maybe it's time to make a trade. Oh, there you go. Teaser. <laughs> Teaser. All right. Uh, our next matchup here, you know, this is a big bounce back for uh, a guy who had a tough week last week. We had Don't Hassle the Hawk taking on You Look Like A.J. Green. Uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Whammer's team underperformed, uh, to say the least, last week and took the L to my team. And uh, this one played out pretty much just as projected. It was projected to be a beatdown, and it was a beatdown. A.J. Green took it 208 to 153. I believe Whammer was the high score on the week. Is that correct? It He's is, the only yep. guy over 200, I think. So yep. congrats, Whammer. You're back in the, back in the, the W side again. Um, this was, you know, everybody had some studs and everybody had some duds, basically. Bedner had some big games. Uh, Chase Claypool looked good. Kirk Cousins finally broke his Monday night football streak. He was 0-9 on Monday night going into last night. That's unbelievable. It's... Like, he's a pretty winning quarterback. You like That's that? That's gross. Yeah, I guess he likes it now. Uh, and uh, Naeem Hines, who we mentioned before, massive week, and he was, he was rolling on Don't Hassle the Hawk. And uh, Matt Prater, it's always nice when your kicker gives you 17 points, but... He had some stinkers too. Randall Cobb. That game was weather. Nobody, nobody could catch the ball. Nobody could throw the ball. Uh, DJ Dallas. That's disappointing. Um, Alex Collins came in off the street and kind of took over that role in the in the Chris Carson absence. Uh, his namesake Hawkinson was kind of a stinkeroony. He did play Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. So interesting strategy. He, he rolled the dice with both of them. One went off, but usually what that means is the other one is. Uh, other one's not going to do too much. And uh, even with our warnings, he played Ryan Nall. If you don't know who that is, he was playing running back kind of for Chicago. And uh, woof. Yeah. Um, on Whammer's team, though, uh, he got a bounce back game from uh, Tom Terrific, the golden boy. After negative points last week, he put up almost 40. DJ Moore heard all of our Curtis Samuel talk, and he really showed up in a big way. I know you mentioned Bedner texted you. He was kind of kind of mad. We we prepped him that DJ Moore was going to have a bad week, and he went off right in his face. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Mike Evans both had a good game, but Whammer's team, even with 208, wasn't perfect. Uh, Travis Fulgham was a disappointment. Cooper Cup had seven points. That's okay. Uh, Duke Johnson, who had the backfield in, in Houston all to himself, didn't do anything. Um and Waller, but uh, I would say the worst disappointment we've already talked to him about him extensively is James Connor. Um, that's you know, Whammer's team is built to win, but one of those pieces is Connor, and if he's doing this, it's not going to spell good things. Um, I have a little question for you though. Is it Whammer's team? Whammer's team right now is six and four, just like my own. 
He's uh, tied with me. He's tied with Kevin's team, Judge Judy. And he's tied with Henniger's team, Mike's mustache. Whammer's next three games are against Craig, Marty, and yourself. Oh, boy. Three of the top teams in the league. I have a question for you. What record will Whammer end up with? What's your prediction? He's 6-4 and four right now. Um, eight and five. Wow. Yep. You know what scares me the most about Whammer's team is when you look at his defensive guys and they're all like TJ Watt and Miles Garrett are absolute game wreckers and Miles Garrett's playing angry, man. He was embarrassed after that helmet gate last year and he's trying to wreck every single game and TJ Watt is getting to the quarterback every game. So those guys could put up 30 points and that's just like... You, you know he'll figure out the rest. I'm sure he's going to make a big move here or two, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I think he finishes eight and five. What about you? Wow. What do you think? I was gonna. I well, I was gonna say seven and six. I think. Uh, I think of the three games he's got, and I don't know who's who. This is the tricky thing, but I think he's got one game. He's gonna win pretty soundly. One game he's going to lose, you know, pretty decisively. And one game that's going to come right down to the wire, but uh, I don't think it's going to go in his favor. So I'm I'm giving him one and two in those three games, seven and six final record. Like, I haven't oh, looked I ahead. Guess. I haven't looked at projections. I'm just That's my gut feeling. And, yeah, like I said, we got the de- trade deadline coming up here. He's got tons of depth, and I think he's going to make a move or two. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, one more matchup to cover here. It's uh, It was a big one. This was another kind of – Head scratcher. I mean, not as far as Marty's team. Marty is now in second place. He's got a really solid squad. He just acquired Nick Chubb, and he paid off immediately. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you saw the highlight of Nick Chubb, you know, doing the team-friendly thing and, and stepping out at the half-yard line. But um, Marty's happy to win, and that didn't make the difference in his matchup. But I'm sure a lot of fantasy owners were not feeling the same way. Um, well, and ga- and gamblers, man. The uh, spread on that game was four points, and the Browns won by three. So a lot of people took the over on the over on four and lost because of that. Oh, um, what a roller coaster! Did, you had money on that. <laughs> yeah, he's going. Oh, he's yeah. going. I, I did have a little question on that before you get into the matchup. I understand it. I've seen guys do it. We joked about Todd Gurley not doing it and how his team paid the price earlier this season by he scored the touchdown and then Detroit went down the field and won. But uh, I was curious, why did he go out of bounds and stop the clock, though? Why didn't he just run down to, like, the three-yard line and hit the ground and let the clock run? I, I don't have a good answer. I think he was trying to get as many possible yards as he could without screwing up. And I think, you know what? I think he was just told don't score. So it was just don't score, don't score. This is the easiest way to not score and not, you know, you slide or whatever at full. T- I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah no, that's true. It yeah, was curious. I'm just, yeah, I was just curious. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, that's all right. I mean, Marty, uh, I'm looking at his team here. Jo- we talk about it all year. It's, you know, pretty bills reliant and the bills, you know, Josh Allen's leading the league in passing yards. Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in fantasy. I don't know if he's the number one fantasy receiver right now, but he's right up there every Every week, he seems like he's got 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Godwin had a nice day for him, and we've talked about Nick Chubb. Michael Pittman, man, we talked about this Thursday, how he just was given <laughs> Michael Pittman. He bought, he got him for 25 <laughs> fab dollars, and, uh, yeah, he paid off right away. He put him in his starting lineup, seven catches, 101 yards, and 15 points. Uh, his kicker, he put up big points. He got some nice days from his defenders, and he had 177 points. But the real story of this matchup was uh, Mike's mustache, Henniger's team. You know, our four-time champion, the guy that, uh, you know, we kind of rag on every single week, but, you know, it, it's warranted. Anyways, he, um, <laughs> no, I mean, he brings it on himself. He talks a lot of smack, so, you know what I mean? That's why we got to get that group chat and everybody can be involved. But, uh, yeah, he had some just poopy duds. Like, Jared Goff was supposed to have this great matchup against Seattle. He only had 7.5 points. Uh he started this receiver named M. Thomas in New Orleans. This guy's rated like 950th in the league right now, and he's in a starting <laughs> lineup, which is so weird to me when he has Cole Beasley and Marquez Valdez-Scantling on his bench with 23 points each. Like, I don't know if Henniger's over the hill and he's you know past his prime, man. He's losing his touch, but I don't know who this M. Thomas guy is, but you better cut bait. Um, Less than 100 yards on the year, I think, isn't he? I'm never M Thomas. No, I mean uh, they lost their quarterback. It's obviously the end. Of, yeah, it's it's bad for Tom. <laughs> you know what? I'll send him an offer. I'll take him out. It's probably been a headache for him all year long. He doesn't need to deal with that anymore. Uh, anyways, he you know he had a crappy week. He put up 122 points. His projection was 186. It was just studs, studs, studs. And uh, he's in a weird position. 
because we're like I said, I keep mentioning we're talking about our trade deadline. Is he a buyer? Is he a seller? Uh, you know, we've talked about Michael Thomas having a nightmare year. Zeke has not been the Zeke. And, uh, you know, Henry got Pot or uh, Vulture to touchdown this week. Is that going to continue just to keep him fresh for when it matters? Uh, it's going to be an interesting, you know, couple days here for Henniger's team. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think he's a competitor. He's going to he's going to lower his head and try to make a couple moves and, and try to get the train back on the tracks. But uh, that's a disappointing one. This was a big matchup. Big chance for him to stop Marty's team from moving ahead to and getting another win, but still a few weeks left. You know what? We'll see what happens. All right. Well, we're we're just about getting to the end of the show. We got a couple things left here, and uh, this is the this is the segment that I know all of our listeners are waiting for. It's our Rudy of the week. Rudy, so Rudy, 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 Rudy. Hey, I want to make an announcement. We uh, we got a puppy a week ago now, and we were torn on the name. We were back and forth. We had a short list. We put it to a Facebook vote, and uh, we finally decided we're going with Rudy. So the the puppy's name is Rudy, and uh, yeah, yeah, and it's mostly because she's kind of rude. And <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah, the announcement to the world is officially she's part of the family, little Rudy. Welcome, Rudy. Well, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I saw the poll. I saw, you know, there was a little bit of support out there, which I like. I like to see uh, for Rudy. But there were a lot of people going the other way with Ruby or Penny or, you know, those those kinds of names. And uh, well, luckily, you guys made the right choice because, uh, Christine, if you're listening, no matter what you named that dog, I was going to call it Rudy for the rest of its life. So I'm glad that it'll listen to me now when I do that. All right. Uh, well, looking at last week, uh, I I had a little bit of a hot streak going with my Rudies, and uh, not so much anymore. I I even I even cheated a little bit. I even tried to take a guy who was coming off a few big games, Curtis Samuel, but uh, he wasn't very owned. And I thought this was a prime matchup. He was going to get targets. He was going to get carries, and uh, that's what we call a swing and a miss. Yeah, he was very owned on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, he sure was. Woof, 100%. Uh, he had three carries for four yards on the ground. He had three catches for eight yards in the air and 2.7 points. So sorry about that, folks. Uh, but, you know, like I said, obviously DJ Moore is a listener. And when he heard all that talk, he said, nah, I'm going to do it. So. Good for you, DJ. Yeah, you can keep listening. We'll keep uh, shout-outs to the Panthers. Um, I'm pretty happy. You know, I, I I was the kind of the opposite with the Rudy of the Weeks. I, I, I came into the gates hot with the Claypool selection, and I've been Dudsville ever since, but I had a pretty good bounce-back year. I picked Jakeem Grant, the receiver for the Miami Dolphins, and, you know, luckily he found the end zone. He had four catches for 43 yards with a touchdown, and he also has those return yards, which kind of add up and uh, equals 14.5 uh, fantasy points. So, you know, Grant did start him in his lineup, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty good. And I think he's going to be an option moving forward again with those return yards and and that offense. He's kind of he's a shifty little player, so I could see him putting up points every week. Yeah, the return yards really adds uh, really adds some value, and uh, for Grant too, I'm sure he liked starting a player that has his name in there, you go. in there, right? Yeah. So there you go. Well, this week, uh, you know, I'm his middle name is Jakeem as well. I don't know if you know that, so it's that's pretty. pretty Grant's yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> That makes sense. Old family name. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, I'm desperately trying to uh, make up for the Curtis Samuel uh, dud. Uh, so I've got two. I've got two Rudies. Couple of Rudies for you. Uh, one is well, one's a real Rudy, and one is a uh, come on, folks, get out there and get this guy. But uh, Jalen Rager, wide receiver for the Eagles. Um, you know, he was he was a lot of hot buzz coming into the season, and then he got hurt. He missed quite a few games. Before Philly's bye, he came back. He had six targets in that first game back. After the bye this past week, he had seven targets. And uh, they're taking on the Cleveland Browns. I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned it. Cleveland's pass rush is, is going to be all over Wentz. He's the most sacked quarterback in the league. He's going to be looking to get rid of the ball early. And Rager's the kind of player that you dump it off quick and let him just kind of make some magic. So uh, I'm calling my shot right here. Jalen Rager. Rudy of the week. Stamp it. It's, uh, you know, he's an intriguing talent and 
it's just Carson Wentz, man. Like, what the fuck is going on with him, that team, that whole division, really? But we'll talk about that maybe in another podcast. But it's I like the pick. I like Rager. Um, you know, it's it's that whole receiving room now is kind of like you said, it's it's murky. It is like with Fulgham there, who had some great games, but he had a crappy game this week. You know, Alshon's back and he had a dud, is zero, and Rager got those targets. So it all comes down to number eleven, though, and Carson Wentz has just been so poopy this year. I, I, I it's hard to trust, but yeah, I mean, I like the pick this week, and I like the talent going forward. I think he's a good, going to be a good player. Absolutely, and uh, I mentioned I have a little bit of a bonus player. You're going to have to take a look. Um, I know by the time you hear this, mostly your waiver wires will have run. Um, but uh, Salvin Ahmed, he's a running back for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he looks like he's the man now. Gaskin and Breida are both still hurt. Um, I saw an update on Gaskin's injury or uh, an unofficial one. A, uh, a former team doctor in the NFL was talking about the injury. Um, he figured it was still going to be a couple more weeks at least. And uh, Jordan Howard is gone. They dropped him, we mentioned in the news. This weekend, though, um, you know, I was watching a game and I saw on the bottom ticker that uh, that Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. And I knew right away that that meant that Ahmed, I had heard a little bit of talk about him in the week and I knew that he was going to become the guy. So I went and picked him up. I didn't have the guts to pick him up and start him, but uh, I should have. You know, he saw 84 percent of the Dolphins carries and he went for 21 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. So if he's getting the workload going forward. Um, I like the opportunity for him over the next couple of weeks to be a big name. And depending what happens with Gaskin, this could be a, this could be a late season league winner. So since he's on my team, I sure hope so. Yeah, isn't that anyways? Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, oh, I was just going to say bonus Rudy of the week. <laughs> Salman Ahmed, Rudy. Stamp it. Uh, that's, this is what I love about fantasy football, man. I didn't even know this guy's name five days ago. And now he's, you know, we were talking about him as a league winner potentially because of opportunity. It's just, it, it's always changing. And that's what I love about it so much. But yeah, I like that pick a lot. He's, uh, he had a great start anyways. Um, my Rudy of the Week is a name that's been around. You know, I ragged on Christian for having the 2005 All-Pro quarterbacks. Um, I'm picking Larry Fitzgerald. They're, uh, they're going up against the Seattle Seahawks this week. Obviously, he's a receiver still for the Arizona Cardinals. Um they're playing the Seahawks this week, who have maybe the worst defense in the history of pigs and skin. And, um, yeah, they played four weeks ago when Fitz went off. He had a great day. He had eight catches on eight targets for 62 yards. And I think, you know, the opportunity is going to be there again this week. It should be another shootout. It should be another fun game. And if, if he finds the end zone, that eight catches for 62 yards, that turns into a really nice day. So, yeah, one more time, Larry Fitzgerald, my Rudy of the Week. Stamp it. I love this pick. I, uh, you know what? I love Larry Fitzgerald. My very first fantasy team that I ever, uh, I ever played, it was an auction draft. And I can remember I spent, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or 45 of my $200 budget to get Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, he was hotter than a $2 pistol back then. He was, he was the man. And it's amazing to me that all these years later, He's still out there. He still loves it. He's not the player he used to be, but he's he's still got those good hands. And uh, you know what? If you if you don't get much of a chance to watch the Cardinals, check it out while you can because uh, this is to me this is honestly similar to watching a guy like Jerry Rice at the end of his career. Uh, this is a living legend for sure, instant Hall of Famer uh, when he gets the opportunity. And uh, it's it's awesome to see him still out there doing great things. So I hope you're right. I hope he has a big week uh, this week on Thursday. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, you know what? That's that's it for the podcast. Again, once again, thanks so much to everybody for listening. Uh, again, we're having a lot of fun doing this. We hope you're having fun listening to us. Uh, thanks for the emails and the voice notes this week. And keep them coming. Once again, fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us a voice message. Use the link at uh, in the episode description wherever you listen to podcasts. And, yeah, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, folks, so make sure before Sunday or before Thursday's kickoff, you set your Falcon lineups.